guys, it's me, Emma's Thing, and this is my podcast, That's What He Said. With over 12 years of blogging, writing, posting, and sharing under my belt, I've somehow grown a small audience who, for whatever reason, seem to really like me. This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates, reviews on movies, books, shows, daily musings about life, in-passing commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. What up, e-freaks? I don't know. Do we like that name? I feel like I feel like when a podcast really takes off, there are nicknames that stands call themselves but I guess I really need to leave that up to you guys so pretend I never said that and hello welcome to that's what he said with me Emma's thing I am pumped to be in the closet um it's been a rough Wednesday in terms of my energy levels because I made the very rookie mistake of staying up until 2 a.m the last time that I stayed up that late was most likely during 2020 when I was still living alone and on lockdown and had no reason to go to bed before 2 a.m. I mean, all I did was stay up super late and then literally roll out of bed and quote unquote go to work at my desk, um, which is really not that different than what I do now, but it was just like a totally different vibe a few years ago, as we all know. Anyhow, but I'm here. I made it to the closet. I had some stuff to do before this. And I have a lot of stuff to do after this. I have a lot of Poshmark sales that I need to get shipped out so people don't think I'm a sketchball and returns to make. I want to work out, you know, all the really important things in life. But for now, we're going to take the time to focus on episode 12, which I'm really excited about. So let's just go ahead and dive into part one called What Have You Even Been Doing? All right. So last week, my podcast... (laughs) My podcast came out on Thursday, and um, I decided to spend the entire day on Thursday doing a closet clean out. Now, this is something that I do with every changing season. So I, I, I guess I really only do it twice a year because I do it for fall, winter, and I do it for spring and summer. And I... It's not to say that I'm getting rid of clothes that I bought literally the last year for that season. It's more like I take out all of my, you know, spring, summer clothes and I evaluate all of them. I try them on. I see if they still fit me the way I want them to. And most importantly, if I feel good in them, if they legitimately spark joy or not. Um, Because, you know, I've I, I hold on to things. I think I'm like a good balance between like I do hold on to pieces for a long time if, you know, I love them and I feel good in them continuously like year after year and I'm still wearing them. But I can also have something that I, you know, I felt fucking amazing in a year ago and uh, a year has passed and I feel horrible in it. So um, I spent the entire day doing that and it was a fucking undertaking. I mean, it always is. It's always an undertaking. But when you're really committing to it, it's so much energy because the way that I did it is I first went through um, my winter stuff, my fall and winter stuff, and I got I maybe got rid of like a few things here and there, but I had to pack all of that up and then I had to take all of my spring and summer out and then I went through it pretty much piece by piece, like unless there was something there that I know that I love and I know that I still look forward to wearing. I try everything on. Like I basically it's like you got to be fueled. You need to have your protein and you you need to have eaten. You need to be hydrated because it's it's just a lot of um, expended energy. So I essentially like strip down and for however long it takes, I'm trying on like every fucking individual piece of my closet And then I'm deciding whether it's going to go into a donation pile, which pretty much is made up of items that are either just so outdated and I know that no one is going to want them or maybe they're like slightly imperfect in a way and I don't want to resell it. Um, Pretty much like that. And then the other option is listing it on Poshmark. And I mean, I was... I was in and around my closet in my bedroom on Thursday from 11 
until I want to say 5 p.m., like 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., doing all of this, shifting stuff around, you know, organizing all like my extra hangers, putting all of my like, you know, just reorganizing my shoes, putting all the winter heavy boots and shit away, taking out all the sandals, but then also like going through each of those. And I also like go through all of my purses and stuff, too, because it's just like, I, I don't know, like the older that I've gotten, first of all, I'm like way pickier about things that I buy, like from, I mean, pretty much throughout like all of my 20s for like high school into my 20s, maybe even early as like 30 or 31. I was so that person who just bought like a bunch of cheap pieces that were trendy because I wanted to be of the times. And I'm just so much more particular now. And um, I try, I really try to stick to elevated basics with like a fun twist. Um, So there was just a lot to go through, a lot to go through. And you have to have a very like you know, you can't hold back. If you're really going to go for a full closet purge and clean out, you cannot hold back and you can't think about all the money that you've wasted buying these things that you now don't feel good in and you don't want in your closet anymore. Because if you let yourself go down that rabbit hole, it's it's dark. It's not pretty. And I don't I don't want you to do that to yourself because it's hard to it's hard to pull yourself out of. So um, anyway, I would say that it was a very successful closet clean out. I ended up with a bunch of shit that I posted to Poshmark and almost all of it is sold, which is amazing. I mean, seriously, it makes me really happy because it's like half the stuff that I listed on there. Um, doesn't fit me anymore. And then half the stuff, like I still obviously respect it and think that it's cute, but I just, I don't like it for me. Um, So I love to see it go to, you know, a new home. So um, that was really awesome. But there are like a few things left. So if you haven't checked out my Poshmark, definitely be sure to go look just to see if anything appeals to you that is available to buy. My handle on Poshmark is Emma's closet thing, but it's all run together. So it looks like Emma's clothes thing. Um, There's only one T that helps closet and thing. Um, So yeah, so check that out if you are interested in my secondhand goods. So I was freaking exhausted on Thursday night, which just, it felt so silly to say that and be that way. But I really was on my feet all day and I just, I was fucking tired, man. I was tired. Like I was working in a sense. So um, I was pretty worthless by the time Zach got home on Thursday night. And I think I've stated on here before, like Zach does not cook. That's not, he just doesn't. He um, he tries and uh, sometimes he nails it, but I'm the cook. Um, however, when he came home Thursday, I'd already had like salmon defrosted and stuff and he offered to put dinner together and I have got to give credit where credit is due. It was phenomenal. Like he did such a good job. The salmon was cooked perfectly, like better than I ever cook it. And he did broccoli and he did rice and everything was like flavored really well. And oh my God, it was just like, you know, I would say that I would say one of the greatest parts about being in a serious long-term relationship and having been single for so long is that there would be so many times where I would come home from work and I was like, I just wish that someone were fucking here to cook me dinner. Like, that's all I want. I'm so exhausted. I don't want to do it. Like, it would just be so amazing to come home to that someday. And, you know, I got that. I got that on Thursday. I don't get it a lot. And it's not because Zach is a bad guy. He's an amazing guy. He just, uh, he isn't super comfortable in the kitchen. And I am. And that is the long and short of it. So then Friday, (laughs) I'm just laughing because Friday was another like very clothes-centric day. Um, And it also completely wiped me of energy. So, you know, if you're of a certain age, you know that the mall used to be everything. Literally going to the mall was absolutely everything. And especially like growing up in the early 2000s, like 
you know, when you became like a preteen and stuff, like getting dropped off at the mall is what you did to be social. Like you begged your parents to drop you off. And like sometimes maybe you'd see a movie with friends. But honestly, it was more so about like meeting up with some acne ridden, super horny preteen guys who also were going to be at the mall and just being really awkward and walking around and maybe like getting a soda in the food court for hours on a Friday night. So, I mean, I have a very soft spot in my heart for malls, but I do realize, especially with like the the um, influx of online shopping and, and online retail that um, we a lot of us have moved away from malls and malls are a lot of energy or they're a lot of work. It's a lot of fucking work. And it's such a big deal nowadays to say, I'm going to the mall this weekend. I'm going, I'm going to do it. Uh, it's, it's the exact same way that I view the closet clean out. It's like, you cannot go into a mall trip unless you are fueled up, you are hydrated, you you know, you have Advil on you in case you get a headache or cramps. You have Ativan in case you start having an existential crisis in the middle of J. Crew. You have to be prepared because it's like once you're there, you are fucking in it and you have to commit. So Friday, my mom had a doctor's appointment over on our side of town. And she was like, I really want to go to North Park after to try and find a wedding dress or not a wedding dress, a dress for your wedding. And for my non-Dallas people, North Park is our premier mall. It is, um, you know, super close to where I live. It's it's like in Dallas proper and it's absolutely enormous. And they have every fucking store under the sun there. Like, okay, maybe not every store, but a lot of stores. It's it's insane. Like people, it's the kind of mall where like women go to do cardio and like they can get their daily cardio in by doing like a couple of laps around it. I don't know like how many miles long it would be if you were to like put all the distances together, but it's just absolutely, I mean, it's so beautiful. They've done so much to it, completely renovated it. Like really to me, it's to the point where like if someone were to ask me, you know, kind of uh, like a Dallas attraction they should check out if they're coming to Dallas, I would say go to North Park, literally go to North Park just to walk around. You can window shop, look at all of the stores, be amazed, go to Italy, have a glass of wine, get some lunch. I mean, it's just, it's it's a trip, man. It's a trip. So Ellen and I met up there on Friday morning at um I think like 11, like I would say 11 or 1130. And Although the focus was on finding a dress that she feels amazing in to wear to my wedding as mother of the bride, um, it was also just like a general shopping trip. So we hit, you know, all of the main players anyway in our world, like the stores that we consider main players. But I have to take a second to say that the boomers relationship with department stores makes me laugh so hard. Like, I grew up on department stores because my mom grew up on department stores, and department stores were a whole other thing back when she was growing up. They were like the creme de la creme, the the height of luxury, the height of society, if you will. Um, now, we all know that that's changed quite a bit, and, you know, all the big department stores like Dillard's and Macy's and, um, God, I can't even think of like a third one, but that they're they're tired and they've been tired for a while and a lot of people aren't necessarily going there but let me tell you ellen golden is she she beelines there those are her go-tos still when it comes to shopping for an event and a particular kind of dress or um a shoe or anything like that um i can't even tell you the last time that i stepped inside macy's or dillard's at north park mall probably it was to do an errand for my mom because, you know, I, I do that um, from time to time for her. But let me just say that department stores, like traditional department stores suck. 
I, I mean, we know this, we've known this, but I just, it's like, I expected them to be maybe a little better than what I remembered from, you know, growing up and going to them with my mom, but they're not, they're not better. They're the exact same. And not only that, and I kind of mentioned this um, in my newsletter this week, but I don't know what the fuck is going on with the sizing at department stores. Like, I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with sizing in the broader sense. I literally, it's like I don't even know what size I am anymore in anything because there's so, like, everything is so different and every single brand fits different and it's such fucking bullshit and it's driving me literally insane. But I'm going to save that topic for another day in time. However, it was very eye-opening and bizarre because every dress that I, because I was, I was also looking at like white dresses because I'm on this like hunt to find wedding event dresses, even though I kind of want to give myself until the summer and get like a little bit more in shape before I make a decision on any of that. But at the same time, it's like I can't help myself. So I I tried on a bunch of like white stuff at the places we went and I was trying it on in what my size is in pretty much every other place and everything was so ill-fitting and so unattractive and bad and made me feel bad. And really the cherry on top was when we were at Dillard's. And if you caught my Instagram story on Friday, I live posted a picture from the Dillard's dressing room. Y'all, it literally has not been updated since 1982. Like Nordstrom dressing rooms are bad enough with the fucking lighting. Like literally, if you want to have a mental breakdown and be stripped of any ounce of self-confidence you might have that day, go to Nordstrom dressing room and you will be humbled and horrified. I digress. The Dillard's dressing rooms seriously are an abomination. Like, I don't even... It's like the color of the walls. It's the same fucking dressing room you were in with your mom when you were nine. Like, the the, the doors and um, the, the handles of the doors and the wooden slats and the carpet. Can we talk about the fucking carpet? Like, there's still carpet and it's so nasty and there's like stains. And oh my God, I was just so upset. I was just like, I started to spiral. Like after trying on all of the white shit that I did and none of it working and like not working in a big sense, like really not working, I was like, well, this day is going to be a bust and I hate everything. Eventually, we got the fuck out of Dillard's and Macy's and moved on to bigger and better things. And um, while Ellen did not find a dress, I found... I found a little too much. Um, You know, I'm just with every changing season. And I talked about this. I I just posted a blog today and a reel, an accompanying reel um, featuring all of the new spring items that I've bought in the past, you know, few weeks. Um, And I say in my blog post that with every changing season, I lose my shit with shopping. And that has been the way since I can remember, like I grew up with a mom who loved to shop and still loves to shop and loves a deal and loves, you know, clothes and like looking cute and having like a really great outfit to look forward to and put on and show off. So that's been instilled in me from a really young age. So once we got out of the damn department stores, I started to have some serious luck. And you can check out some of the things that I bought on this week's blog post. It's called 2022 Spring Haul-ish. So Friday night, um, I was definitely spent from shopping because shopping is my cardio. But we had plans to go bowling with um, one of Zach's, actually not one of, I mean, it's his best, best friend. Literally, they've known each other since they were three. He's the best man at his wedding. Merritt was coming. And then also, this is so funny, you guys, like this is such a such an example of what a small world Dallas is especially um our other friend Laura came as well and Laura is the same girl who's doing our fucking funfetti wedding cake like she she's followed both me and Merritt for a long time and 
she went to Merritt's meetup whenever Merritt had that um, a couple of a couple of months ago, and they became legitimate friends and they've been hanging out. And then Laura like reached out to me about wedding cake. And so it was just like worlds colliding. It was so funny and so fun. My friend Whitney came to, she didn't stay the entire time, but she was also there. So it was like four girls, two guys. We had such a blast. We went to a bowl lounge, which is in the design district in Dallas. And um, they have pretty disgusting bar food for sure like I think everyone was very underwhelmed by the food we got there their fries were like fried to a damn crisp like Merritt got cheese fries she was so excited about getting them too and I've never seen worse looking cheese fries it was like legitimate shredded cheese but it looked like they put the shredded cheese on the fries and then stuck the whole thing in a microwave for like a minute so they were like rock hard and oh my god like I don't think anyone touched them. Anyway, other than that, though, <laughs> it's such an awesome venue. We had a blast. Um, and then after, like, they were playing such good music at the bowling alley that I think it just kind of got all of us loose and in the mood to maybe go to another bar after that also maybe had karaoke. So we returned to the scene of the crime from several episodes ago when I told you guys about how Zach and I went into this hole-in-the-wall billiards bar in Dallas and were 1,000% playing pool against a couple that were having a full-fledged affair. Um, that's We went back there because when I was there that first time, I saw that they were setting up karaoke when we were leaving. So that's like been stuck in my craw. Like, holy shit, this could be, a, you know, a new... I'm super drunk and want to do a karaoke spot. And that's exactly what it turned into on Friday. And it was such a scene. Definitely there were regulars there. And I was, you know, enough vodka and sodas deep that I wanted to participate. And my go-to karaoke song is always What's Up by Four Non Blondes. It's been that since I don't even, like... I guess since college, probably, but every fucking time, man, it brings the house down. Like, it just, it's one of those songs everyone recognizes. It's usually like playing right into the kind of crowd at the karaoke bar. And um, it's really fun to sing. And it's definitely, it's definitely one of those songs where, like, I feel like if I belt it, I sound better. And then, like, watching video back of me singing I'm like holy shit I didn't know that I was a herd of cats getting murdered but it's fine it was super fun and um the craziest story from that night is that we were all like hanging out at the table I hadn't even gone up to sing yet and this woman lady girl gets um you know in front of the mic to sing and she looks kind of familiar and Zach was like, wait, that's our that's our dog sitter. And I was like, no, shut the fuck up. And sure enough, sure enough, someone in the crowd s said her name. And I realized, holy shit, that is our dog walker or dog sitter. Oh, my God. And she was so good, like in karaoke terms and probably like outside of karaoke, ter karaoke terms. She has a lot of raw talent and she was fucking awesome. I forget what song she sang. I'm sure I have video evidence of it somewhere. Um, but it was just so funny because, I mean, it's not like we're like super good friends with this girl or anything, but she's watched Bowie a handful of times and she literally lives like around the corner from us. And she's been such a delight in terms of like being a dog sitter. And so it was kind of like it was kind of like seeing your teacher outside of school like when you were in high school or middle school and like seeing your teacher out at a restaurant it was a very out of body experience like oh wait I forgot this is you know a human who like has a life and drinks and sings and wears velour bodysuit so of course I had to say hi to her and she was like oh my god like freaking out it was a really really funny and I posted about it on Instagram and one of my followers wrote me and she was like holy shit she's my dog sitter too again Dallas is very small you guys so needless to say Saturday morning was a bit of a bitch but we got through it I think that Zach and I worked out which is 
fucking bizarre but I'm pretty sure that we did so kudos to us for that because let me tell you drinking five vodka sodas on a Friday night in your mid-30s is it's not a young woman's game but other than that Saturday was pretty damn chill and then we decided to we decided to oh my god you guys like First of all, hearkening back to another episode from weeks ago on here, um, when I talked about rehearsal dinner woes, um, we thought we had it figured out. We thought we had it figured out. Turns out that we don't. Um, And finding a rehearsal dinner spot in Dallas for the amount of people that we are trying to invite to this rehearsal dinner is a bitch. Um, but I think we're getting close. I really do. And I mean, if you, if you have a name in mind or a place in mind, I promise you I've, I've looked into it and I've reached out to them. Like, I don't even know how many fucking like, you know, requests I've submitted and how many answers I've gotten and how many I'm waiting on. Like it's, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Um, so I'm really hoping that, by, you know, the end of this week and maybe by the end of the weekend, we are settled on a spot. That would be a fucking dream come true because, you know, I feel like I feel like every time I say something about the wedding, I'm like, okay, like just if we could just get this figured out, like that's that's the big thing. But everything feels like a big thing. And this is kind of a big thing. So anyway, so we decided to do some research on Saturday evening. Um, with two different maybe rehearsal dinner spots. So we actually went to dinner at Torelli's, which is a an Italian restaurant, and it's a total staple of Dallas, and people love it, and it's been around forever and ever and ever. Um, we're not high on it. Like, we're not regulars there. I, actually, this is the first time that Zach and I have eaten there together. We've both eaten there separately, for sure. Um but we know that it's a popular place for rehearsal dinners if they have the room. So we were like, well, let's just do some reconnaissance and go and check it out and um, see what we think. And it it wasn't good. I mean, I don't like I know that people love it. I have friends who absolutely love it. But I just I don't know. I think, first of all, I think we're way too impartial to Carbone's like it's just the best fucking Italian test in Dallas, and it's really, really hard to beat. I just don't think the food is very good, period. And we kept our dinner pretty simple. We got dirty martinis, we got salads, and we got entrees. And everything was kind of fucked up from the jump. Um, our waiter, like, before he even asked if we knew what we wanted, he was, like, giving us this whole spiel about the menu. But, like, he hadn't even asked, like have you been here? Anything like that. He wasn't like telling us the specials. Like he literally had this like script memorized and was going through all of his favorites. And I mean, it was like a sales pitch. So that was like a little off putting. It was just like, I mean, I'm sorry that you just wasted all of that breath talking. Like we know exactly what we want. So we got Caesar salads. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me back up. We got dirty martinis and I asked for mine to be regular dirty and Zach asked for his to be slightly dirty and both of the martinis were vodka (laughs) like there was no hint of dirt besides the uh olives on the little cocktail stick like literally that shit was straight fucking vodka it was potent and honestly I think both of us were so turned off by our waiter that it's like we didn't we didn't want to, you know, tell him and get into it. It was just like, whatever, we'll just fucking drink these, even though there's no sign of olive juice. So that was gross. And then we got Caesar salads. They weren't Caesars. Like we saw all the Caesars coming out around us. Ours were not those. They were just like plain salads, which they were good. Actually, like the uh, vinaigrette was really good, but that's not what we asked for. But again, it's like we just weren't in that mode to like be correcting our order and sending things back. I think both of us, both of us could tell that we didn't really want to be there. It was like 
what's the point of causing a stink? Like, let's just get through this meal because it's already started off kind of shitty. Um, and they gave us some rolls, like some bread rolls, which were real weird. Um, and kind of like maybe they just got them from a grocery store next door. And I got the chicken piccata and Zach got the lasagna and both of them were good. They were good. You know, I mean, there weren't like a tons of bell, like there weren't a ton of bells and whistles. The flavor on both weren't anything to like write home about. They were just very standard and straightforward and we were starving. So we ate every last bite and and that was that. And we left and we were like, OK, I don't think that we'll be going back there. And I I definitely don't want to hold the rehearsal dinner there. Um, and then we went to Times 10 Cellar, which is a a wine bar event space in Lakewood, which is like a little um, cute, uh, like alternative neighborhood um, in uh, like around where we live. And it's cool because they make all their wine on site. Um, it's not very good wine. It's it's not very good wine, but it's cool that they make it there. We had reached out before to see if they had space for rehearsal dinner. And the woman told me what they have like multiple rooms for rehearsal dinners at this at Times 10 Cellar. And she told me the one that they had available on the night we need it. And I mean, just by looking at it, it was like nowhere near big enough. And um, it wasn't even really like semi-private. Like it was pretty much like to the right of you as soon as you walk into this place and there were there's no doors you can close we ruled that one out too so on sunday um sunday was a really really exciting cute day we met up with my parents out um in plano which is a northern suburb of the the dallas fort worth area that's where they've lived literally forever it's like 25 minutes from my house we met up with them and they took us to the family jeweler's house to meet him for the first time in my life like they, this guy's literally been working with my parents and making jewelry for them and our family for years like I didn't know this but he worked in the same like he had like a a shop space in the same building that my grandpa used to work out of so that's how we even met this man and he's been in our life ever since and he used to like play cards with my grandpa and he is just like the cutest live wire, so charming. His house is super fucking quirky. And we met up with him because we wanted to show him my parents' wedding bands that we're going to make our wedding bands and kind of get his take on them. And it was just, it was just such a lovely time. We were there for like a couple of hours, just like all getting to know each other and telling stories and laughing and obviously like looking at jewelry. He let us come back into his actual like workspace and he steamed my ring so it was shiny as fuck and then he actually so my dad's original wedding band fits Zach perfectly like what the fuck of course it does so we don't have to do anything with sizing to Zach's band but my mom's her original wedding band was like a five and a half um and I have much thicker fingers than her and I needed like I needed it to be like six and three quarters, basically. So um, the jeweler was like, you know what? I'm just going to resize it right now. Like, let's just get it right while you're here right now. So he resized it. So I got to try it on with my engagement ring. And um, it's just it's just so fucking cool. Like, Zach and I both put them on. And it was just such a cool moment. Like, oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait to be married to him and like be wearing our bands all the time. And then we like had to take them off, obviously, and give them back to him. And we both felt so naked without the bands. Um, so there there are engravings in both of the bands. Like my parents wrote stuff to each other. And while originally we wanted to keep what they said and then add our own thing, we decided to just you know, start from scratch basically with engraving. So he's going, the the jeweler is going to take the original engravings out. And then um, Zach and I decided that we're going to come up with our own engravings for like the other's ring. And we're not going to know what either of them say until our wedding day when we like put the bands on each other's fingers. And I thought that was really sweet. So after we were done there, Zach and I had our Hillstone Sunday. We do it every second Sunday of the month we've had this tradition 
for like a good amount of months now. I don't I'm not really sure when it started, but I'm just glad that it did because it's truly one of our favorite things that we look forward to every month. And we went, we did that and it was as delicious as ever and that was our weekend. So on Monday, the wedding fun continued. We had Nicole of Allure and Alchemy come over to our house on Monday night so we could do a drink tasting. Allure and Alchemy is it started as like a mobile bar cart and it still pretty much is. But basically, Nicole like worked at Amazon forever. She's so fucking smart. She is a crazy strategist, like logistically speaking. She just has everything on lock. It's like really amazing to watch her work. And she realized while she was like stressing out over her job that she had this real passion for mixology. She decided to leave Amazon and do mixology full-time and it's blown up into this incredible bit beverage like beverage and bar catering business and she does so many I mean like I think she has a wedding every single weekend of of this year it's insane I'm so happy for her and proud of her and she actually reached out to me right when Zach and I got engaged and was like, I love you. I've been following you. I want to do something for you. So we are doing our signature drinks with Nicole. And so that was a really fun way to kind of start off the week. Like something we never do is be social on a Monday. So we just sat with Nicole and like tried the signature drink she put together for us. And it was a freaking blast, even though the weather was absolutely insane on Monday. Oh my God, like tornado warnings, tornado watches. But yeah, shout out to Nicole. If you are planning an event, I mean, it doesn't have to be a wedding. It can be just like a party. It can be a bridal shower. It can be a first birthday. Like it it, it doesn't matter what the event is. Check out Allure and Alchemy. And speaking of wedding fun, this coming Saturday, I am doing my uh, makeup trial and my hair trial back to back. I have makeup at 11 and hair at 1 and my mom is coming with. And I'm very excited, but I'm very nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous about any of it, but I do know why because I have anxiety. But truly, you guys, when it comes to my hair and getting it professionally done, I have had the most terrific experiences so that's why I'm very nervous. Um, I mean, I have anxiety about my hair on a on a day to day basis. So obviously, it's heightened for my own fucking wedding and figuring out what to do with it and something that not only looks pretty but like I feel beautiful in. So it's going to be an adventure. This could be the first of a few trials. We'll see. But I have good direction from my friends. I have lots of pins on Pinterest to show the makeup artist and my hairstylist. So we'll just see what happens, guys. We'll just see what happens. But definitely say a prayer for me because I am scared. And that's what's been going on. So now let's move into part two with what have I been reading, watching, and listening to lately? So Still Growing Strong with Evelyn Hugo. Haven't finished it yet, but I have like 100 pages or less to go. Um, It's just all about like finding pockets of time for me when I'm not working or hanging out with Zach or wanting to do anything but read. So I'm hoping I finish that soon. I'm 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 like a few pages away from the big plot twist and I just have no fucking idea what it could be. I'm not good at figuring stuff out like that or guessing at it. So I'm sure to be blown away. And as for things that we've been watching, honestly, we really haven't been watching much of anything. I mean, last weekend was like pretty busy and this weekend's going to be the same. So, you know, we're we're watching Drag Race every week. I don't know if any of you guys watch it, but um, there was just a really big, like, lip sync battle between seven of the girls, and it was epic. And I'm very pleased with who went home. Um, it was time. <laughs> but that is just our, our weekly entertainment. We just fucking love it so much. And I will say that last night on Tuesday night, on a whim, we started watching um, Winning Game, which is, I think it's on HBO, and it's with John C. Riley, and it's about basically like the come up of the LA Lakers and how they were 
struggling, how they were bought, all about Magic Johnson. And I love shit like that. Like, as much as I love rock docs, I also love sports docs. And um, we watched episode one last night on Tuesday, and it was it was so good. I mean, the the filming style is very different. Like, there's a lot of, like, breaking the fourth wall, and they talk to camera, um, which I don't mind. I mean, I think it's, like, very witty and, and engaging. And also, um, it's filmed kind of kind of with, like, a bit of a vintagey uh, filter. So you really feel like you're watching something from the late 70s and 80s. So that's that's pretty cool, too. It's just very different. Like, the way that it's done is very different. And, I mean, I'm definitely interested in continuing to watch. So I hope that we do. So part three, I think that we're shifting away from part three being about what's coming up and making it more about a focused topic. So for this week, I put out a question box on both my Emma's Thing Instagram and my That's What E Said, the podcast Instagram, which gets so little engagement. And I know that a lot of you guys are following it. So, you know, just just engage, (laughs) you know, just engage. But I put this on both of them to see what kind of questions that I got. Basically, I wanted to do kind of like an FAQ segment for this episode. But it's like when I sat down to think about questions that people frequently ask me, the only one that I could come up with that like I literally get over and over and over again is how are your teeth so white? So I was like, I need to crowdsource this and I need people, I need to give people the chance to ask me like their one burning question that they want to ask me. I made it super dramatic because of course I did. Um, But I will answer the teeth, teeth being white question. So we can just all be like on the same page there. Guys, I don't know. I literally have no idea how my teeth are so white because like the backs of my teeth, like my molars are super fucked up. Like it was some sort of like medicine or something that my mom or my doctor gave me when I was a babe. And it kind of just like screwed up the enamel on my molars. But for my front teeth that you see when I smile, I truly don't know how they got so white. Like I've never used like a whitening toothpaste. I've never had them whitened. I don't use like white strips religiously. Like I, I seriously have no fucking idea. And I know that's like such an annoying answer. And I hate it every time someone asks and I have to write that back. Like, I don't know. But it's it's the truth. I just was blessed with white teeth. But I was I wasn't blessed with like naturally good teeth. Like it it took a long time and a lot of different contraptions and gadgets to get to where I finally did with my teeth. So I'm glad that like at least the whiteness came naturally and didn't add to the cost of my very uh, overpriced mouth. So let's get into some of these questions that people sent in. So someone asked, are you having a traditional bridal party and will your niece and nephew be involved? So yes, I am having a traditional bridal party. My sister is going to be my matron of honor. And then besides her, I have five other bridesmaids and Zach has a six total groomsmen. So um, yeah, super, super traditional. And, you know, I don't I don't know if the babies will be involved. Um, I'm really not sure. We haven't discussed that. And honestly, it it it's up to my sister and her wife. Like that's kind of for them to decide if they want to, you know, have them there, if they want to deal with like having to, you know, take them home after the ceremony and all of that. My guess is no, but you know, never say never. Someone asked, do you budget work money specifically to try new products to share with us? So I'm really happy that someone asked this because Merit on the Beck and Call podcast She had someone ask her something similar. I don't remember what episode it was, but her answer was so good. And I have never thought about this before. And what she said made so much sense. So the short answer is no, I don't budget money specifically for trying new products to share with you guys because a part of my job is literally to shop like Part of my job is to 
uh, go out and find new things that I think are cute and then share them with you guys. And if I make sales off of those things, I get a kickback with commission. And so, no, I, I just I kind of just like I mean, it's it's different. It's totally different for someone like a Merit or like a Fashion Jackson because that they are fashion bloggers like I'm all over the fucking place I've never been a traditional fashion bloggers that that's not my focus um although I do love it and I you know as I was stating earlier I love shopping and um I share all my shopping adventures with you guys you know fashion blogging is not my bread and butter and it's not it's not even my full-time job so no I do not I don't budget that Someone asked what happened with your wedding planner, and I feel like enough time has passed now that I can share that with you guys. Basically, like long story, very short, we weren't a, we weren't a match. That's really and truly what it is. And um, you know, I I I jumped into hiring her because I was panicked and. I felt like I needed a planner immediately and there was like no time to waste. And I was told really, really awesome things about her. And she was awesome with certain things. But basically, at the end of the day, like our speeds did not align. Our uh, like our communication did not align. And our entire like style and vibe also didn't align. So um, you know, I just had so much anxiety, like when I would text her and she had her red receipts on and I would see that she had read like questions and stuff or like she would give me homework and I would complete the homework and follow up with her. And I literally would be left on red like one time it was for an entire week. And I it felt like I was always the one following up and having to be like, hi, like, hello. And it was just giving me such bad anxiety especially because like I get that Zach and I's engagement is long like it's 13 months but at the same time even when it is that length you have people telling you left and right like you better figure stuff out now you better book stuff now or things are going to be booked up and there's really no time to waste so it's just like it's very very stressful when you're hearing that but also at the same time like some people are telling you like you've got time like we're so ahead. It just at the end of the day I think that I was probably much more demanding and anxious than she bargained for and she wasn't as you know available and um on top of things as I wanted her to be and so after my sister butted in and basically said to me we can do this like I literally planned both of my weddings <laughs> lol and I can be your pseudo wedding planner like we fucking got this I was like okay and you know was just like we're gonna move a different direction and and that was it and so since then, I mean, we're still getting lots of shit done. We've gotten so much figured out. And truly, my sister is my wedding planner. And we've had like a couple of like Zoom calls with um, my mom and her. And she's like on top of shit and checking in. And it's pretty amazing that she is willing to do all that with twins and her very demanding high pressure job. But like this is she thrives on this shit. She's a Virgo this is literally all she could ask for and more. So um, we're all good. Everything's great. Someone asked how Zach and I handle household expenses. So it's pretty simple. Basically, Zach paid off this house. So there is no mortgage. So this year with property taxes, I gave him about half of the cost of property taxes to contribute. And other than that, he handles all the bills and pays and I handle all like the extraneous stuff, I guess you could say. So like I buy every single grocery, obviously, every week. Um, I pay for our housekeeper who comes twice a month and any other like small thing. And like even with, um, you know, all, like the new like big pieces of furniture we bought, 
we've bought and they haven't arrived yet because it's like months and months out on a delay. It's horrifying. But like I bought one of them, Zach bought the other, but I'm going to give him money toward it. So, um, you know, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. Like when I moved in, I was like, we should probably, you know, split the bills and you should bill me for things. And he was like, no, what? That just is so complicated and that's and stupid and it's been under my name forever it's fine like it'll all balance itself out and then like you know we're going to be married so it'll be our money someone asked what keeps you going and I would have to say the joy I get from connecting with you guys every single day and creating and being creative. That is what keeps me going. Like when I am on a freaking high with content creation and I have all these ideas going through my head, it's very Enneagram 7. Enneagram, how do you say that? Enneagram 7 because Enneagram 7s have 3,000 ideas that they get excited about and don't finish any of them, which like 100%, like I feel seen and attacked at once with that statement. But when I am just on a roll and like just keep coming up with new bits of content, that's really what like keeps me going. It's just because it's so fun for me to create. I've always been that way. Like I didn't play sports. I was in theater and and musicals and drama. So being in front of people, even if that's virtually behind a screen, that is what gets me really excited and like interacting and just you know, hearing y'all's feedback and stories and all of that. Also, money is tight. This question said, what's your story on transitioning from full-time in office to freelancing? So I kind of talked a little bit about this on Merit's podcast the other week um, on part one of our two-part series. But essentially, it just finally got to a point for me where my last job that I was in, it was really, really awesome at the beginning. Really awesome. And I've, by the way, I've always written on the side. Like, no matter, even if it was just my blog, I have always been writing on the side, no matter what kind of nine to five job I've had over the past uh, 12 years of like being in the American workforce. Sometimes I had like legitimate freelance writing gigs, like writing pieces for um, articles like Dallas website, Dallas publications. But no matter what, I've always had the blog. So essentially, the last job that I was at before I quit to go full time, um, I had my my side hustle writing had picked up a little bit, like an extensive amount, I guess. Um, and I got to a point in my role at this job where it just things just weren't good. It it wasn't good. It wasn't looking good. And I had gotten like a few more um, side hustle clients. And so I had about like three. And then I got a fourth. And it's just the timing was just right. Like I had four clients in waiting for me. And I knew that it was kind of like a now or never situation. Like if I didn't quit my full-time job now to try and finally do what I've always wanted to do, which is be my own boss and work for myself, essentially, that I I never would. And with really mainly my dad's blessing, I did it. And I say that because my dad is like such a corporate America businessman, or I'm sorry, he was for like 35 years and all about like stability and financial security and, you know, not not being too risky and all of that. But he sat me down when I was contemplating leaving my full time gig and was like the only regret that I have is that I didn't, you know, break off and do something on my own when I was younger and like start my own business and I don't want you to miss the opportunity and like if it doesn't work out you can always get a copywriting job at some agency and so I did it um and I did it with like I said about four client well one of the clients was pretty much full time the other three were like very very part time but it's like I just took that leap of faith and 
was like, I know I'm going to have to work harder than I ever have and hustle my fucking ass off to get clients and, you know, make the kind of money that I want to make. But here we are almost two years later, and um, it's the best decision I've ever made. Okay, so I have two more questions here, um, and they are both relationship related. So the first one says, how do you and Z balance doing things together versus doing your own thing, especially on weekends? And I love this question so much because this is something, the balance of this is something that I literally had no clue about before I got into a long-term thing. Like, I mean, I've been with Zach the longest that I have with anyone. And so I've learned so much about long-term relationships. And before him, it was all like, you know, stupid immature situations that weren't going anywhere. And I was no different than every other girl who would fucking make plans with friends and drop them the second I heard from the guy because he obviously took priority. And I also never made it really like far enough into a relationship to establish that individuality. But with the two of us, like I always worried in previous relationships that if I wasn't fully available all the time and if I, you know, was bold enough to go off on my own and make a plan with a friend on a Saturday, then that meant that clearly I, you know, I wasn't in love. I didn't want to be with this person 24-7. They didn't want to be with me 24-7. This was bad. We were bad. It wasn't going to work out. I mean, that's the mindset that I was dealing with for forever like it was all or nothing so like if I was with someone I was like I'm literally gonna drop everything for them with Zach very different I have never obviously been in something so healthy like I'm I'm not gonna like sit here and state the obvious even though I literally just did that but it has so much to do with him too because I do have a tendency to be like no like this is my person this is my world now um, I'm going to do literally everything with him, even like stuff that I would normally do with girlfriends. I'm going to do with them. And that's just how it's going to be. Zach is so supportive and very much wants me to hold on to my independence. He's not insecure. He's not an insecure partner. So like he wants me to do things without him. Like he is fully willing to admit like no that is not something that interests me I don't want to do that like that sounds like something you and Whitney should go do or you and Kelly should go do or you and Annie should go do or you and Getty should go do even though Getty doesn't live here anymore but he it's just it's been so fucking easy it's been so easy with him in terms of of balancing that time like I would say that during the week we're mostly together obviously and then On the weekends, I mean, we do pretty much everything together, but it's like if a brunch invitation comes up or a dinner invitation comes up, it's like it's the weirdest sensation because I've literally never been this way until him. But I know that I can accept that invitation and go and like, we're going to be fine. It's not going to affect us. Like he is going to be happy to have the alone time and I'm going to be happy to have the girl time without him and nothing is going to change between him and I. I will say that like, yes, I mean, the the amount of time that Zach and I spend together versus apart, I mean, it's not it's not evenly split by any means whatsoever, but it's much more balanced than it ever has been in my life. And I'm really thankful for that. I think I just play it like if I know that I have a uh, Saturday night dinner with a friend, then Friday night is going to be for Zach and I. Or if like I have a Sunday brunch with a friend, then uh, Sunday night dinner, him and I will just do something. I mean, so it's it's kind of just like mixing the two up. So I know that like at least part of whatever weekend day I'm going to be with Zach and then like basically slip away to be with friends for another portion of the day. But like we're always going to come back together at the end of the day. And I think 
that is such a major difference because I remember when I was single and dating how it was just like going out with friends who were in a relationship. I was so jealous that no matter what, it's like they were going to go home to their significant other. Like they had that. Like when dinner was over, they were going home to be with their partner. And I envied that so much because it was such a guarantee. And like when you're dating, when you're just like dating someone and you're not living together yet or anything like that, it's like you're not guaranteed that time. So I completely understand the panic behind saying yes to every plan with them and putting them before your friends. But there are much healthier ways to do it. And so much of it depends on who your partner is and how secure you are in the relationship. Like, I really think that that plays so much into it. And one last thing I'll say is that Zach's friends don't live here. And that probably also makes it, you know, kind of easier. Like, it's either him and me hanging out or me hanging out with my friends. But it's never like him hanging out with his friends and me hanging out with my friends because all of his friends, like he, the majority of them he met when he was at his first job in Florida after college. And they're still friends, like they're all coming to our wedding, but they were all like transplants to Florida. So now they're just like spread across the states, like literally they're in every freaking state and no one lives you know next door to each other so you know it's just I don't know it's different every case is different so the last question I will end on today is how did you know Z was your person and I can even tell you the the depth at which I feel this question in my soul because it is the number one question I had for all of my friends for forever like Everyone talks about this like elusive feeling of you just know they're the one and like you just know, you just know. And I fucking got so tired of hearing that. Like, what do you mean? What do you like? What is it to just know? What does that look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Is there like a certain something I should be looking for? Is there a sign? Does a certain noise happen? Literally, how the fuck do you know that they are your person. And I'm here to tell you, as a retired, always single lady, that you just know it's not a moment. It's not an instance. It's something that builds up over time. And that is what one of my best friends, the, my friend who's known me the longest since we were 10, that is what she told me like years and years ago is that she said, Emma, I feel like you are waiting for this like rom-com movie moment to happen where time freezes and a light bulb goes off and you're floating off the ground and there are like heart emojis bursting all around you. And that is the moment you know. And it's not like that. It's literally like a very quiet, like a not like a slow burn per se, but like it's a it's a slow emotion that it's like you just wake up one day and you realize, oh, I don't want to be without this person ever. Like no matter how angry they make me, even if we disagree on stuff, I don't see myself ever being tired of this person. And everything in my body just knows that I'm supposed to be with them forever. And like to validate this even more, I want you guys to understand that this is coming from someone who has ROCD, which is Relationship Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. If you are not familiar with what that is, I suggest that you do a quick Google search and read up on it. But I have struggled with ROCD literally since my first boyfriend in high school. Like I've had the same thought patterns for, you know, almost 30 fucking years. And so getting to the moment of knowing has been a struggle for me and probably more 
more than your average bear. Like I have taken out all my anxiety on the knowing and how to know and overanalyzing everything. And oh my God, like I just remember when I was like in the thick of dating, like serial dating, immediately when I started dating someone, I would be like, okay, so like, you know, in like a month or two, any moment now, I should feel that feeling like it's going to hit me over the head and I'm just going to know. And like two or three months into dating, I wouldn't feel that way. And I would be freaking out and like, oh, well, this clearly has no legs. This isn't going anywhere. Like, shouldn't I feel head over heels like I know by now? And I'm here to tell you that's not how it is. It's just not like I think the knowing comes from the long termness and the two of you going through shit and getting in those arguments and facing really tough stuff together and solidifying your connection and your commitment. And then one day I'm telling you, you look at your partner and their face is home and you just know that this is this is where you were supposed to live. Ending on such a sentimental note, no? Um, thank you guys so much for listening. My throat hurts from talking so much. Holy shit. I cannot believe how time flies when I get into this closet behind this microphone. Um, as always, please take the time to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and give me a star rating. Share me with your friends. Share me with your coworkers. Share me with your mom. Share me with your dad, but probably not. I don't think that he would be interested in what I have to say. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week, and I hope everyone has a fabulous weekend. Please seriously say a prayer for my wedding hair trial. I am so terrified. (laughs) 